0: If we're you, all
1: we're all talking about maybe these people are starting at different levels of extraordinariness but
0: i just don't understand what your beef is like what's what the do beef you think is, is the that problem? that's not true the beef is that of course not true he puts on a fucking no, iron no, 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 a suit, suit and flies the, around and shoots
1: lasers out of his hands the beef is that <laughs> it's not going to happen for you common person shut up and sit down, shut up and sit down. And sit down.
0: Everybody, not a huge fan. Charles Disney here. My co-host Isaac Simpson will be joining us momentarily. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Isaac and I sit down and we discuss topics that we disagree on, or we at least uh, come at from different angles. Isaac has a lot of counterintuitive positions, and uh, we always have something interesting to say. I think, I think that's the case. I wanted to read some listener mail. Isaac shared with me some comments he's gotten from listeners and uh I always like to toot the old horn a little bit. Uh quote uh love the not a huge fan podcast by the way. Very interesting discussions. Thank you a complimentary person. This one's not as complimentary but only because they're talking about me. So uh, of course I'm upset. Isaac, hope you're well. I just found your blog which is at isaacsimpson.co, and listen to the most recent podcast, Good Stuff, and I completely agree with you with regard to your community commentary, so much so that I'm surprised the co host thought your view, particularly with regard to religious organizations, was a minority viewpoint. Don't know what that means. It's a misstatement of what I was saying. Uh, Maybe you should go back and listen to Not A Huge Fan, Scientology Is Good For You, the previous episode. Check that one out because you're misstating my position. I was not saying that Isaac's position was a minority one. I was saying that Isaac's position was a silly one. Very silly to think that you can't find community or you can't create it on your own by meeting other people that have similar interests. I don't know why that's controversial. It seems to be a sticking point. We will talk about it in the future. Future episodes will bring us guests, uh, personal disagreements, all kinds of fun stuff. I do have to tell everyone that next weekend is a holiday weekend, although if you're listening to this months from now it doesn't matter, but the July 4th weekend is coming up in this timeline and I most we most likely will not be able to do an episode. And I apologize, but some of us need vacations sometimes. Today's topic is uh my personal favorite. We uh we talk about superheroes, of course. We're going to talk about superhero movies as well as popular TV shows such as Breaking Bad. Um, If that doesn't uh, entice you, Isaac and I get into a disagreement about uh, an email we sent to each other over the artwork for the podcast. So if you like hearing petty squabbles, this should be up your alley. So uh, check out Isaac on IsaacSimpson.co and you'll find all of his various social media presences. His blog is there. New articles he posts. He just got a new article in LA Weekly, I think. I think I saw that on his page. Check that out. Um, You can always find me, Funzaroni. Uh, If you look on Facebook, Funzaroni. All my upcoming shows are there. Although, I don't think any are listed. I haven't updated my calendar. But uh, the second Friday of July is the darkest hour, a comedy show that I host. Always second Friday of every month. Go check it out. It is a dark comedy show. I host it. If you can't get enough of me, but let's—I've uh, talked too long. Of course, I uh, constant verbal diarrhea. So let's get down and dirty and start talking about superheroes. <laughs>
1: What's really weird to me is the summer camp revival. Have you seen adult summer camp? I applied for a job there, Oh my as God. a matter of fact. What's it called? It's called? Uh, it's
0: ca- Camp No Counselors.
1: This makes me hurt on the inside. I have a good friend who Same. does this. He does he it. He goes? He goes. Okay. And
0: he loves it. I wouldn't go, but I would work, work there, there and take their... Their money. ideally large amount of money they would pay
1: yeah i'm and trying and i don't think i'm gonna get that job because I've,
0: I've never heard from them
1: yeah yeah uh he goes and he posts lots of pictures of it
0: that's gross is he a gross person
1: He's not a... I wouldn't use the word gross. He's definitely pretty rah, rah, rah. Like, he's like a rah, rah, rah guy. Like, he likes playing the guitar oh. around the campfire oh, type God. of guy. Oh,
0: God. Those people should be killed. Greg, <laughs> <Craig>,
1: it's okay. <laughs> I don't think you should be
0: killed. I think they should be killed. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that takes a guitar anywhere, unless it's on stage at a concert, should be killed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I see what you're saying. But it can be great sometimes. It can be great. I know. Centers. I'm being. I'm exaggerating. Yeah. I, no. It is. It gives me the willies. the The camp thing gives me the willies for sure. Camp it makes me feel. What good. do you mean? The the, the camp, willies. Have you?
0: Did you go to summer <laughs> camp?
1: Uh, I did go to summer camp, and I worked at a summer camp one summer as a counselor. Also, what so. kind of summer camp was it? The one that I worked at was like a Jewish, rich Jewish kid summer camp in the Poconos. All right. It's one of the. Oh, what was it? It was called Shenawanda. Okay. And you it know sounds they sounds both
0: Jewish and Indian. At the, yeah,
1: yeah. And their whole thing is they import super cheap labor from Australia. So like half the counselors were That's from Australia. Every camp's yeah, yeah, Business
0: model. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And
0: but that there's a there's a benefit for the Australians because they get to come to exactly. America and they afterwards they usually will go on a little tourism uh, trip. Uh, if on, they have on to a go check.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that it was like half Australians and then half. uh Either kids like the people who ran the camp were ex people who had gone there, yeah. And then there was a few like young. It was my freshman year after my freshman year of college. I just needed something to do for a summer, and I was like, okay, I'll just go be a camp counselor, get paid a little bit of money. Did you like it? You know, I was counselor of the year. <laughs> I so <laughs> I I did like it. I'm pretty. I like kids, you know, and I'm yeah. pretty good with kids, and uh so I did enjoy it. I mean, it was kind of weird. You know, it wasn't not something I'd ever do again. Weird in what way? It was just kind of creepy. I mean, it was it's a creepy world. You know? I was what, creepy. I don't
0: understand what's creepy about it.
1: I disagree. I don't think it's creepy at all. What's creepy about it? Well, it's creepy for one that every single kid was from the same like three towns in Long Island and they were all so wealthy. Yeah. That was a little creepy okay. for one. Um there is a lot of that in Jewish Poconos. Summer exactly. Camp. Yeah, it was like that. ultra wealthy kind of parents and very overbearing. Although not that bad, you know. It wasn't like I was getting calls every day or, or anything like that. What year was this? Two thousand. What was it? after my first year of college? That well, had to be two thousand five.
0: That was like the the beginning. But I guarantee, if you were there now, it would be the beginning. Yeah, calls you're probably helicoptering During big time. Yeah, that's yeah. about when I stopped working at summer camps. And it was on that upward swing of weirdness. Like, I worked at this camp and we'd post pictures on some website, Kodak, Easy Share, whatever the fuck we were using back then, of stuff that happened during the day. And I, what that's supposed to be is for parents to, oh, great, you know, look at all the fun my kids are having. But what it turned into was parents fussing about everything in the pictures. Uh, one lady sent me this email, worried because she saw like a band aid on her daughter's knee. She's like, no, nobody told me about this. I'm like, yeah, we got it. We we're 100 percent Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, This is what happened. They scraped their knees. (laughs) It's totally fine. We will (laughs) contact you if your daughter's in danger. She is fine. Or like some parents were mad because their kids weren't in the pictures enough. Uh some kid was walking by in the background. He didn't have a smile on his face. And his mom is like, Oh, I'm worried about my son. He doesn't look happy. And I'm like, You're making that estimation from very little evidence. Uh, yeah, I I don't think I could work at those places now. Yeah.
1: I'd, I'd probably shoot myself. It would just be too crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have too much. There wasn't too much overbearing parent stuff. I mean, maybe we just didn't feel the brunt of it as the cat. It was says. just on its way. Uh, it hadn't hit yeah, you maybe yet? It was, No, it hadn't yeah. really hit. They were still pretty like, we get it, yeah. you know?
0: Those days are over now.
1: Um, there was some creepy stuff, though, with... The way the other counselors were treated, like I remember there was a really big, I really remember this. There was a big obese dude who was one of the counselors who had a very sort of nasty attitude. Okay. And there was like a huge culling. Was he Australian? No, he was American. Okay. And there was like a big, I remember and they told us about this, like in the first couple of weeks, there was a mass culling of like some of the counselors they didn't like. Yeah, and apparently every year they cut about ten percent of the counselors in those first couple weeks to save money and to like not have to pay everybody. The so full did they amount. hire
0: them with the intent of doing that? Exactly.
1: I think it was like they overbooked. Interesting. And this was their way of like weeding out the really weird ones. That's very weird. Beginning. Yeah, yeah it that was is was super creepy. weird. And I remember this dude, and him being this really big, fat, like really nasty, yeah, guy. And he was gone in a week. He was like, no, he got fired. Yeah, that's
0: my experience. They didn't do that. There's always churn in the summertime because you find out somebody's crazy. Yeah. And working in that environment makes some people crazy. But we never had people that were purposefully. We didn't. There was never over hiring for the purpose of getting rid of a bunch of them. That's an odd thing to do.
1: So this is you or did this for a long time. This was a.
0: I was a summer camp counselor. I did it for like four summers Three summers, four summers, and then I got hired on full-time to work at one camp, and I did that for about a year. Really? And then another camp I got hired on to be the assistant camp director at, and I worked there for a year. And then I had my fill of North Carolina and summer camps, and I moved. I so a, this was in North Carolina? Yes.
1: And what North. were the kids? Who were these kids?
0: Uh, the first camp was a YMCA camp, so they were pretty much local to the area, uh, Chapel Hill, Raleigh, and Durham, varying socioeconomic backgrounds. Not a lot of racial diversity, mainly because summer camping is very white. It hasn't really penetrated African-American or Latino people uh, as a place for them to send their kids. But there was some, some of that because it was the South. And uh, the second camp was mainly uh, rich kids from the Southeast, Florida, Nashville, Nashville is not a state, Uh, Florida, (laughs) Tennessee, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, kind of the big cities there would send their kids there. So a little more homogenous and not particularly diverse, although that was always uh, the marketing concern. Uh, A lot of that was marketing stuff that I had to do too. Uh, There was always this thing of like, oh, we need to make sure we're featuring our – minority kids it's like well maybe let's work on getting more minority kids instead of presenting fake diversity because we take a bunch of pictures of this one black kid yeah that happens to be at camp
1: yeah i think we had that too i think there were like one or two token black kids that that, that everyone loved yeah and and like but what a weird thing to be I know, so weird. You're
0: the only black kid amongst the sea of white kids. And and that was the thing is summer camp, people were always like, how do we get more diversity? And I'm like, well, one of the ways is, you know, getting more diversity. It's kind of this like, you don't know what the actual start point is, but the situation as is can't be fun. Yeah, when You're the only person that looks like this. It's
1: got to be very strange. I mean, you know, I spent lots of time on the opposite side of that growing up. Yes <clears throat> being the only white person in a sea of black, and it was always extremely uncomfortable, yeah, <clears throat> you know I mean it was in some ways nice, you know in some ways it's nice because you're you get a lot of attention, right you know I remember going to the Rainbow roller skating rink, which was this really black like Saturday night skating event that was one hundred percent black people, and this yeah. is in Chicago, and right. this is in like. I don't remember exactly where the rainbow was, but this drew kids from all over Chicago. So it was not like particularly suburban. And I remember going one time and, you know, I knew it was going to be like this, but I just pushed myself to do it because a lot of my friends were doing it. And they always, always made fun of me for not doing it. And I remember standing in the line and this was like, we were suburban kids, even though my friends were black and there was, you know, definite kids there that were from a different place. And right. I remember just being absolutely oh, terrified for three straight hours. I was just an abject horror.
0: And did you have any reason to be? Was there any? I that did, happened? actually.
1: <laughs> and, uh, you know, during the dance, it was fine. And actually, a bunch of, like, black girls kept coming up to me and being like, oh, white boy. And, like, dancing, you know. This is, we used to call it popping, what we know today as twerking. Ah. But that's why I tell everybody I've been twerking since the eighth grade. Yeah. And, uh... So that was kind of funny, but then at the end of it I did get like oh like targeted for by like a kind of bully guy who came up to me and started trying to like ask me for money and ask me for my wallet and like was like getting a little bit physical. And then <clears throat> you know one of my friends came up and was just like that ain't right man and the guy kind of went away.
0: Is that the only time you went there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: First and last. <laughs> I don't have any experiences
0: like that. I've always been in a majority white area. I yeah. grew up in Arizona, which is super white. Uh, I mean, when I lived in New York uh, and when I've lived here, it's been much more diverse. But kind of my formative years, I was a lot of white people around. A lot of white. I was a Boy Scout, marching band. Just white activities. So I don't ever have that, that kind of weird feeling. Feeling of being the only person that's different than the group that you're in, it's yeah, be very strange.
1: It is, it is, it's very strange, and it's very, it, it is not pleasant. You know, it's not a, it's extremely exciting, but it's also <clears throat> very, uh, can be very, very, very uncomfortable. You know, no. I, I like, especially, I always remember going to this one family barbecue, and having everybody just sort of like laughing at me. Like one of the uncles was just kind of like making fun of me. And, like, calling me a honky and stuff. And it just being I'm the only white person there and a whole sea of black people. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's very uh, it's very upsetting. Yeah. But it's also... You're on edge. Yeah, you're completely on edge, you know? But it was also, you know, very healthy in the long run, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that <laughs> is... I mean, that's a healthy experience. It's not a pleasant one.
1: Wear your hat while it's happening, yeah.
0: Yeah. One of the things that we have to do because... This is not a hu- huge issue, but the the cover art or the uh, the iPod iPod the um, iTunes uh, podcast art general podcast art is my big stupid face in the name. We're, we're, I'm taking my name off the name of the podcast. Just call it not a huge fan. This can be what it is, but we need new art. We can't have the same art. And to that extent, I had a friend of mine that does a lot of design work come up with a first draft of what the new art should be. So it's basically just the name of the podcast. Pretty simple, pretty easy. And I, uh, I sent this to Isaac, and Isaac emails the following. He goes, I like... This is a fine email, by the way. I don't have a problem with this. I like it okay, but I feel like it's missing something. Maybe the fan part could be grating through flesh. And what he means by that is the word fan is larger than not a huge, and you want it to be poking out of something, basically. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And you said, it feels very ignorable to me. Uh, And I responded, I'll ask him to come up with some others. But remember, most of the time, it's going to be displayed as a small square. And the important thing is, it's legible, so it can't be too intricate. And I gave an example from Stitcher of a list of podcasts, uh, serial has a very simple design. Most podcasts just have a very simple design. And then I get this. Uh, This is from Isaac. Very good point, but remember, we don't want to copy, we want to lead. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which is... And then how did you respond? I responded with, yuck, kill yourself. (laughs) Which is what you deserve for writing something so douchey. (laughs) We don't want to copy, we want to lead. It's just the uh, podcast art. It's... You're like... I have a friend that's just like you who, (laughs) who does this thing where we'll be putting together a project. We're going to work on a project. We're going to generate some good content. And the first thing that he's worried about is what the fucking business cards are going to look like. Like this ancillary thing that doesn't really matter. And it's the same thing with this. Like Nobody's going to start listening to this because they saw our... Our podcast art the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to see it in a list and go oh i've heard of that i might listen to it
1: well or unless it was something really clever
0: yeah but i mean
1: how the the issue
0: is being clever in something that can be very tiny
1: exactly though i mean it's just here's what i was responding to there when you sent that stitcher thing yes I look at the list of podcasts, and the art is all very similar, right? I mean, the, the podcast art is very similar, yeah, for down, a reason. Down to down to down to down. Sure, what irritates me about podcasts in general, though, and I've been a part several. You had uh, the
0: collaborator one, right? Well,
1: I've I had two for collaborate. Actually, yeah. Two, more or less, semi three for a collaborator that I've been a part of, and one
0: was the shorts on
1: shorts. Yeah, which is a YouTube show, but there was a we were gonna do a podcast for that too, oh, okay. but then it just didn't happen. I was always confused about yeah what that was yeah. Um, so I've I've been involved in like the some stages of three different podcasts, right? And the thing is that I've seen well four, including including ours. <clears throat> Everybody tries to copy what has been successful so far, right? So everybody's like, oh, this needs to be like Marin or this needs to be like X or Y. And that just bothers me because it's like, it's an apex fallacy. It's like, okay, this one thing has worked for the for a million, zillion different reasons. Let's try and be like that. So yeah. when you were saying, let's make our, like all these other successful things. No,
0: like, that's not what I was saying though. What I was saying was, uh, just remember that in some cases it's displayed very small, and uh, doing this special thing that's only viewable when it's large is is meaningless. Like somebody scrolling through that list is not going to be able to know what the word "fan" is poking through. It's just too small to figure it out. Absolutely, and yes, that sure. and that's a functional discussion, not a copying discussion. is just it's being you know realizing what kind of format that's going to be displayed in needs to guide your thinking not to say we need to copy these exactly but to say generally they do simple work because that is it's going to be might be displayed in a very small way
1: sure and I don't disagree with that and I think that that's why I said very good point you know i'm I hear what you're saying but at the same the time same, <laughs> the I, at the same time we should always push to to be – yeah, God, I hate saying innovative. But, you know, we should always push to be different.
0: You know, of, all, of course. We should always push of, to do something as different course. as we
1: can. Instead of thinking, oh, how can we be like the but successful that wasn't, that ones? that wasn't
0: being like. That's not what it I was, said. You were just saying in terms of the I was pure say,
1: functionality. I was saying there's we a function doing. of this okay.
0: art and we have to be cognizant of what the function is. Yeah. And we're not going to be doing – Unless the art has some 3D element where it pops out of your computer or, you know, something crazy, (laughs) there's not a lot of things that you can do. I'd love to have a GIF there. That would be hilarious. But I don't, you know, most things won't display that. They don't want you to have movement on their things. Yeah. That's what that meant. So I got that email and I'm just like, you know, (laughs) please. Kill yourself. Stop. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you're the only person yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that would get that email and laugh
1: and not not be mad, not be offended. Well, it's just because we've been through this before, you know. so I know that you're not being a hundred percent, you know, percent <laughs> serious. No, I mean, it, you know, it just when it comes to creating stuff, I, I guess I've worked for things, but you know, you, we're, we are on the same page here. It's just I've worked for so many things before, and so many people who have a mentality of. It's so easy to copy. You know, people are so, There's. it's so easy for people to copy things. Then it's the wrong, I, I know that. You know, where, and if you're looking at it that way, then it's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you doing it? I always relate it to movies. Yeah. Like, you see these
0: movies that are outliers and they do super well. And it's, the instinct is always like, oh, we need to do more of that. Exactly. We need to make more Deadpool. Yeah. We need to make more Inception even though it's like these are one-offs that were successful in spite of being the things that they are. Exactly. Because they
1: brought something to the table. I understand that. It's about taking risks. you know. I mean, I think that's – Our society has become more risk-averse yeah. than ever before. Of course. In every way, and particularly in terms of art. Art has become as risk-averse it has, as it has ever been. And I would so much rather watch a bunch of – you know, crappy movies that are trying to be different. Like, did you see Jobs?
0: Yes. Wait the or
1: the new one, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Jobs yes, is sorry. the Ashen Danny Ashen Boyle's Ashen. Steve Jobs, right? Yeah. I it was not a. It wasn't. It didn't work. Right. That movie, in why my did, opinion, didn't why didn't work. it work? It just didn't come together. It was a it was a very strange, out of the box method of storytelling. Where there it was like a weird flashback mechanism. There wasn't really three acts. It sort of took place in three different locations with flashbacks. It was like, like three one act plays. Yeah, exactly. Right. Three one like act plays. plays. And I thought the dialogue was I thought it was very badly written. It's very Aaron Sorkin. Well, it was very um, in The worst. The worst kind of sorcony, I don't you know? think it was
0: his worst sorcony stuff, but i there was moments where I was like, all right, in
1: the end where he goes, I'm a broken product or I'm a badly designed oh, yeah. that product the, I was the like, conversation oh with God. his
0: daughter at the end it was very ham-fisted and it's shitty, really bad, but the moment the way that movie ended, I liked. I didn't like the con- – it's, it's that I know there was a studio note in there with somebody being like, well, we really need him to externalize what he's feeling. When the scene at the end says it all without any dialogue, when he goes out yeah. on stage and he turns to look at her and she's looking at the thing. Like, that says everything. Do you that, really think that- there
1: was a studio note? I mean, Boyle, at this point, you really think he
0: – Yeah, of course.
1: I, he still I, takes those.
0: Yeah, yeah. Of course he does, yeah. especially with a with a high profile thing like that. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. There's a lot of ham. The the best moments of that movie were were were, it, we're just seeing him behave, and not when he's speechifying everything that we can visually see. That's always my beef with any
1: movie. Yeah. Anyway, the point of what I'm saying is is that even though that movie didn't work, it was so much better seeing that than seeing as traditional biopic d- traditional biopic number 700 yeah. where he gets into drugs and then he's better yeah. and then it's a you know the, the it's a redemption agree. in the end because that's why I Boyle that was willing to say hey let's take a risk here let's fuck with the structure let's not do save the cat you know let's let's play with this and try and like do something a little bit different it was yeah. risky yeah you know i agree and i like that yeah, yeah. i liked
0: it for that reason too uh, I liked it because it was a different thing, and people complained about its form. Like, well, this is this is the form that it is. So yeah. it's, it's either good at doing it or it's not.
1: And it yeah, it, it didn't really. I, I don't think it was that successful, but it was still. You know, we need more of that, and that's what if you look at the stuff that comes out of Europe, which is funded so much by public money. Yeah, they are so much more able to take risks than we are here. Well, we see that we see that with Fester. All the time, especially f-
0: movies from France, they're almost uniformly the best films that we get. Fester's my film festival that I run, uh, but the European films, or even films from South America, any place that has public funding and where uh, filmmakers are kind of allowed to be freewheeling and experimental, you see really interesting stuff. I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, not that American movies aren't good at doing certain things. Because there are, there are American filmmakers that are trying to work within the cat weird system that we have that doesn't really reward risk-taking until it happens and it's successful, and then they go too far in that direction of risk-taking. Like
1: who? Like who are you thinking of? Um, like major regular filmmakers? Not, I mean, anybody. Who are you thinking of that... Who's an example? Well, my
0: example... That I like to point to, is, and he's not popular, but I like Christopher Nolan. Because he's kind of carved out enough clout. He's not even American. Uh, He's English. But he works in the American system. He's not a a Hollywood guy. He's not working in England making films. Mm -hmm. And he's able, because of the clout that he's established, he kind of is able to go in weird directions. Not always successfully. Uh, Like Interstellar was a mess.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, But Inception was great. Yeah. And there's there's certain attitudes in hollywood for that but you're right that foreign filmmakers generally are able to do more interesting things
1: yeah and they seem like they're you know they have the they just kind of get it i think the good thing is though most people realize what we're talking about now and we are going to swing in the opposite direction now i mean i think we're going to he- we're heading towards a period of great artistic development as a yeah. culture hopefully yeah you know? Just because I think people are so fed up, you know, and everywhere you turn, more and more people have this type of mentality that we have, even though, you know, people like you love these superhero movies still.
0: I don't love, it's not that I love, it's that I like, I appreciate it when it's well done. I I do enjoy a superhero movie that's well made. Like, I like that... That goes back to my childhood. I think the best one that's been made is the Dark Knight. I don't yeah. think anything's ever topped that.
1: But it's still superheroes. I mean, I think it goes back to camp. You know, we're, we're at – it's mass infantilization. You know, and, and Why is it
0: infantilization?
1: Because it's superheroes.
0: What does that matter? It Who matters. Who cares what it is? They're
1: guys in, it's guys in tights and, and masks.
0: Yeah, it's inherently silly. But yeah. what is – you know, what are the stories of, of Greek gods – but the same fucking thing.
1: I don't think the superheroes are our gods, man. I mean, I think we have our gods. It's a different it's context,
0: but it's the storytelling tradition that that is currently appealing to the masses. I don't know. But your your argument seems to be that because I don't really care. Like I was, I always go back to the Roger Ebert quote. It doesn't matter what a movie is about. What matters is how it's about that that's that's the basis for whether or not a movie is good or not
1: but there's limits to that you know <clears throat> there's limits to that and and even though superhero movies are you know whatever you can say they're the new myths or something they're still formulaic as hell and they yes. still Agreed. are extremely facile in their depiction of good versus evil most almost always yes i agree I mean, maybe there's a few that somehow get around that. You won't, right? You're not going to find any disagreement from me on those points. And it's just, I feel like when it's a bunch of grown men, and look, I get it, man. I'm kind of like that with kaiju movies. Mm -hmm. Like, there's some weird... nostalgia in me that makes it so that i can watch a Like kaiju movie. movies it's godzilla yeah, exactly. exactly like i can always watch one of those movies with excitement and like joy even yeah. if it sucks even though the last godzilla was horrible the american one yeah i i still kind of like like the host you know that korean movie yeah. like anytime one of those comes out i can't i want to the host it. is about
0: a lot of things it's great it's really good
1: yeah. but even pacific rim which i actually watched last night and today again I I still kind of I like like I just like seeing the giant monsters. I don't know. It's weird. So I get the pleasure that comes from it, sure. But it is not ultimately healthy. I don't think it's it's, what do you the, mean same, it's the same healthy. it's the same as summer camp, and it's it's this, we're we're regressing to this place where there's no adults. And everybody is sort of seeking this freedom or something that they had when they were kids because our adult lives don't provide that for us in any sense. So we, we run to these extremely overblown superhero movies. I mean, I think about when Coppola and Kubrick were making movies. And look, I'm not sitting here being like, things were so much better back then. I'm just saying even our best directors now. Nolan, you know, I don't know what Fincher's doing right now, but, you know, he's more or less, I think he's doing some kind of, isn't he? Anyway, whatever. Our best directors are getting caught up in these superhero films, whereas it used to be our best directors, they were the ones in control. I mean, these were auteurs. They were really steering their own ships, whereas now all our young directors get caught up making a superhero movie after they have one hit and then they're gone and they're done and then they're owned by the studios,
0: you know? Yeah, I don't I don't know that all... I, I just think it's a different universe of what directors are making. I think there's a wide a variety of people operating on YouTube, uh, especially, that are kind of doing different and unusual things and to look... How, Hollywood and filmmaking is no, and at least in America, is no longer really the place to find
1: to make art, art for art. Besides sake, TV, right? Besides,
0: besides it's a besides TV. It's 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 so uh, it's so dangerous financially to make a film, and has such things attached to it that
1: it's just not the place that art's going to come out of. Yeah, but right it's now. always been dangerous to make films. It's always been equally dangerous. Mom- movies have don't yeah, make but, any less money but, than they but used But now to.
0: there's corporations involved.
1: Yeah, because that's uh, the problem. And the problem is that the middlemen have taken over the system. Exactly. You know, the middlemen have become more dominant than the sources of the art. And it's been right. a long path towards that. And everybody's like, oh, you know, you're just complaining. You're just pining for a bygone era. But at a certain point, it is okay to criticize a system that you're in if what the system is producing is something that makes a lot of people pretty fucking unhappy, ultimately. And this sort of segues into what what we're talking about.
0: What is a system... Who is it making unhappy?
1: Everyone. Who is which system are we talking about? I mean, in general, you know, the, the power system of now, the the, the power well, network. But we're specifically
0: talking about...
1: Hollywood. But Hollywood filmmaking. is the entertainment arm but, but who's, of
0: that. Who is Hollywood making unhappy? That's my question.
1: The artists, for one. Okay. For two, people like me who think art is more than mindless entertainment. Right. And three, subconsciously, the people, because... They're eating this stuff up, and it's not real. It's not pushing them. It's not commenting on anything that pushes society forward in any type of way. It's just it's just mindlessly guiding them into the mistaken belief that there's this mass good versus evil thing going on around them, uh, and guys in capes, and there's heroes that you identify with, you know? and it's wrong and it's not true and it's ultimately does make people unhappy because their lives don't reflect that reality
0: i mean i i don't disagree with any of your points i don't i, I think that you you're not able to allow people the ability to differentiate between just entertainment and art um and the basic you know there is a culpability in the audience for the ongoing production of of hundreds of superhero movies like if 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 they were that unhappy they would they wouldn't make fucking money but they do so there is there is a hunger for that that stuff like i'm a person who enjoys both i love big if it's well done obviously i don't like garbage but if i love a big Hollywood summer movie. I love going into the movie theater on fucking June, whatever, sitting in air conditioning, having, you know, my brain blasted for two hours and then leaving. And I also love really obscure, weird, difficult to watch, edgy, boundary-pushing stuff. I can love both of those things and and recognize them for what they are. You know, I don't... I'll go see a superhero movie because it's fun to go see. I don't think about it afterwards. I'm not like... Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you,
1: you have But is that really true? I mean, you just said that you love The Dark Knight. Yeah, it's a great movie that happens to be about superheroes. Well, but there's a line in here somewhere, right? I mean, you said you don't like crap, and you say you do like The Dark Knight. So The Dark Knight is more than just a superhero movie, right? It has a lot to say, and it has a, a you know, one of the best performances it, ever in it. It's an, a very effective form of superhero movie that kind of transcends the genre. But you do think about that, right? I mean, that one you do think about, or you analyze, or it well, does you have any, something to think about to any say great more. film. Yeah, you have, you have something more to say, whereas I don't. Feel that pleasure that you feel when I see a crappy superhero movie. I, I, don't, I don't feel I don't, pleasure. It makes me f- feel
0: bad. I don't feel pleasure when I see a crappy superhero movie. But if I see a superhero movie that's fun and does the job that it's supposed to, which is to entertain the audience for two and a half hours or two hours, then it's fine.
1: Yeah. I guess. It's more sinister to me. I mean it feels so Brainwashy to me. I mean, and, and that's everybody's excuse. Everybody's excuse is, oh, it's not meant to. That's how it's cloaking itself. You know, it's saying this isn't meant to have any values in it. Don't worry about it. But then it actually does have a lot of things to say about your life and about what's right and wrong and good versus evil. You know, it has I, I a lot guess, of stuff I mean, if you're to a person say there. That
0: takes those lessons from movies. I don't.
1: Who? Oh, but we. But doesn't everyone? I mean, isn't this where we get our morality from? When we're seeing something all the time. I don't face? think people should. They might, but I think they definitely do.
0: There's putting a lot of responsibility uh, in the wrong place. Like if you get your morality from movies or from any exterior source that's, um, you know, false. That's really your problem. That's that's got more to do with you as a person. I don't watch I can't say that I've watched a movie and I get my morality from it. It's just an interesting thing that's happening in front of me.
1: Maybe not your morality, but your framework for thinking about the world. I mean, yeah, all right. If you go if you I mean, although many, many people it's impossible to say that this isn't true, do get their goals and things from movies i mean i remember a guy in new york i used to hang out with what were one of those ww jd things except it was wwdd and it was what would don draper do
0: okay should (laughs) it
1: be 3ds i guess 3ds and wddd and i think a lot of people including me that's kind of a joke though no. no, I think this dude was, I mean, yeah, it's a joke, right? But it's also serious. And I think that a lot of people take that. I mean, I, I think, me included, I admit it. You know, when I see a really great character on TV uh, or in movies, there's a there's a desire to emulate that. You know, there's a strong desire to emulate that person and that character.
0: I, I mean, I guess. I, I don't... I don't know. I just don't feel that it's... I let, my thing whenever I see a character that's interesting is I try to see what about that character is interesting to me. Like, what are the traits that I admire? What are the traits that I want to emulate? But, you know, I don't watch... Like, Breaking Bad is kind of populist example. Uh, I don't... I understand where Walter White's anger and resentment comes from. I understand that. I don't want to emulate the behavior that he engages in. But it's an interesting reflection of the person watching it to sort of think about how these characters, which characters they like and which characters they find appealing.
1: Sure. But there's a reason why people relate to Walter White. And it's actually the same reason they relate in a bad way to superheroes. I mean, what is the founding myth of almost every single superhero? And what's the founding myth of Walter White? It's you're this really average schlub who nobody really pays attention to. Well, Walter White is not average. That's well, that's on. the source of his so resentment. This is, this is the same thing in every case. You appear as if you're this really average schlub that everybody really kind of steps on or, or doesn't really pay much attention to. And then something happens. You're truly tested. And it turns out, oh... Actually, I have had this really unique power in me all the time. And once things get really hard, that's going to get unlocked. And I'm going to become this adored savior figure, right? And I think if you look at the people that truly love these superhero films... They believe that about themselves. These these really big nerds, they do. And they they think.
0: Speaking of infantilizing, I think you're making a lot of assumptions about a, a wide variety of different kinds of people.
1: Well, it's just not reality. Everybody's thinking, oh, and this is the American system, right? Everybody's taught to believe you are a temporarily embarrassed millionaire, right? You have something really special and powerful in you. And it just is a matter of time or it's just a matter of getting in the right circumstance where that's going to be unlocked and you're going to be one of the special people.
0: I don't know. That doesn't sound like superhero movies to me.
1: It's all of them. I mean, it's, it's Walter White, too. That's why Walter
0: White's so appealing. No, the question of Walter White is, 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 is twofold. It's did Walter White have this in him all along? Was he this person that he is at the end, or did he become this person over time? That's the question about Walter White. That's what that show is about. Is about who who he is and why he goes down this path. Were those seeds already there, or did he make that happen for himself?
1: Whoa, the show doesn't sure. answer
0: those questions. Just it's
1: well done. I mean I'm not a big I'm actually not a big fan of that show not for a huge this. Treat. I'm not <laughs> a huge fan of that show for this uh for that reason it feels for what reason because it's that same story that's bullshit that we t- that people are told in in America it's this story of just wait just wait a little bit do what you're supposed to do and then when things go really bad when something when you really go over the edge don't worry you're going to end up being one of the special people right I don't think that the mess that's the message of that show at all. That's I think it's the maybe it's not the message. I mean, like I said, it's a very that's not well done the, show.
0: The show is not about that at, at at all. It's not about him waiting for this incident to happen. It's about this guy who is brilliant but an underachiever for a variety of reasons, mainly to do with his pride. That's what's gotten him into trouble over and over again is his pride. And that's why he's unhappily living uh, with a a teacher's salary and and working in a car wash with a disabled son and a wife and another baby on the way. Right? It's been years. It's been a few years since I watched that show. I think so, yeah. And then he has this uh, diagnosis somebody's telling him, you're basically going to die in a year, that you're going to die. And all of those things about him. That he's been sitting on uh, change. And he starts using uh, that skill set that he's always had to try to affect his life.
1: But you can see the obvious parallels between that and your run-of-the-mill superhero show. I mean, superhero narrative, right? No, not at all. You don't see that?
0: Let's, Let's compare Walter White to Batman, shall we? Batman is a, a, a son of rich parents whose parents are brutally murdered during a robbery. And Batman decides to, Bruce Wayne decides to dedicate his life to righting the wrong that's happened, depending on the adaptation. So he uses his millions that he already has to f- train himself to become better and to fight crime. And different permutations of Batman present him a little bit differently like Christopher Nolan, wisely kind of implied that he's mentally ill, and he's not 100% uh, there. But that has nothing to do with Walter White.
1: Wow. Those aren't
0: aren't parallels at all.
1: The hardest two superheroes to do this calculation with are Superman and Batman. All right, well,
0: let's take a different one. I mean, if if we take
1: Spider-Man, if we take... The Hulk, if we take even uh, Stark, you know, if we take most of these people, I mean, and particularly if we take anything on the, you know, any of these nerdgasm movies, it's all either a girl or a guy who's totally... Uh, normal, nerdy, hasn't done anything, is is ignored, and then they turns out they have this this power in
0: them. Tony Stark is a billionaire playboy, so that doesn't apply. But
1: something, but what what I don't even really know the Iron Man origin story. I know he's a billionaire playboy, but then Tony
0: Stark is a weapons dealing billionaire, and he has an empire based in part on his father's yeah. business and his own, which is making weapons. And he I'm just going off the movie because it's mm-hmm. the most recent Iron Man thing. And he is on a trip to do a demonstration to the military yeah, and, he gets a and he gets held hostage and told to build his weapon and instead he builds the suit and breaks out. And then he decides, Oh, I've you know, I I should use the suit to do stuff with. Yeah. So he's not ignored it. Still... That's a, it's a change of, of behavior.
1: Sure. Yeah, okay. So him and Batman is pretty similar, right? I mean, but that all, guy, if we're if you... all we're all talking about maybe these people are starting at different levels of extraordinariness. But I just
0: don't understand what your beef is. Like, what's what the do beef you think is, is that, that that's not true. The beef is that. Of course, it's not true. He puts on a fucking no, no, iron no, 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 suit and it. flies the, around and shoots lasers out of his hands.
1: The beef is that <laughs> it's not going to happen for you, common person. Okay. And You're not going to be the special yeah, well guy. Aware. You know, uh, 100 not, not you personally. I'm saying, I'm saying, common person. Yeah, it's not gonna. You're not going to have this dark night of the soul, and become the man. You're gonna work for the fucking man your entire life until you have barely enough money to retire, and then you're gonna waste away in some fucking hospital and die. No, yeah. you know, like th- it's not. You're not gonna ever get to the be the hero. Yeah, you know, for ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people. And instead of having movies that ingrain this inaccurate dream into people, we should have movies that deal with the true human condition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't you think that those the, the, the counterpoint is that people are well aware that's the circumstance and they go to the movies for the escapist purposes? That they're like, all right, for two Escapism. hours, I'm going to go... I don't know if I believe Iron in man. escapism,
1: man. I don't think I don't think that that's real. I mean, I think <laughs> I think people love movies because like they coasters? identify. Do you like roller Well, coasters? that's okay. That's that's different. right? right? How is it different? It's this, this, is, this is the same thing. It's All escapism. Right. I'll, I'll take that point. You're right. There sometimes movies are just so visually incredible that they are just or indulgent just the story
0: is 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 escapism for you. Like I don't think most people are delusional about where the... They are most. I don't think
1: most people expect to be superheroes. I think they do. I think Americans are. I don't think people in other countries are as much as we are here. But doesn't that have more to do with the the
0: kind of foundation myths of the American yeah. dream oh, than sure. anything? Why yeah, is that? Why absolutely. is that? The, make sure you're talking close to the mic. Oh, sorry. Why is that the responsibility? You're putting a lot of stuff on filmmakers and and artists that are is is more
1: systemic to the things. That's that we artist's tell. job. It's artist's job to challenge. I yeah, mean, it, that's the job of art. Entertaining is secondary. Entertainment is a byproduct of art. It is not the point, and it was. It's never been the point. The point is to reflect things and to tell a story that has a meaning or a purpose. That has always been the point of myths. It's always been the point of art from the very, very beginning, right? That it's entertaining and distracting to you is secondary. But it's
0: not every, you know. I'm not sure what the solution to your pro- to the problem is.
1: Well, it's making art that's has something to say. People are making art that has stuff to say. Unfortunately, sure, they are. People don't want to watch it. Most that's of the time, that's not entirely true. And anyway, again, that shouldn't be the point. Because we shouldn't be driven by our bottom line. We shouldn't be driven by the basest instincts of our masses. We should be driven I agree with artistically that. by people who know what the fuck they're doing. And it's not all what do we not want. It's what we need. And that's why public funding of the arts is so important. And that's why, as we have already established, films in Europe are so much better. Because they I'll do have the ability. I don't have any disagreement with that.
0: that. You know? I think that you have reached. I'm not saying your view is childish, but your very childish view of uh, the populace. I think the populace is more complicated than that. And I think they use art in a variety of ways. And I, and I, would, and I would posit that a lot of people use art or they use summer blockbuster superhero shit for escapist purposes. Because it's, you know, it takes them out of the drudgery of fucking, you know, working in a factory or sitting in an office all day. And that has value, too. I'm not saying it's great value. I don't want to watch superhero movies all the time. I like watching weird and challenging things, too. But sometimes, at the end of the day, you just want to go and watch shit blow up for a little while.
1: Sure, but see, I... I don't disagree with that, but I don't take pleasure in that where you might. You know what I'm saying? I I don't get pleasure from watching Avengers. It makes me feel bad. It hurts. It literally hurts me to watch it. Like, it makes me feel bad. It makes me feel like I ate a really shitty meal afterwards. Like, I'm just sort of like bleary-eyed. I'm in a kind of weird, angry, pissed-off mood. I get nothing from it. But I'm not stimulated, Are you, stimulated, you, are you know? going
0: in with an expectation that's...
1: I mean, I love Dark Knight, you know? I, I think Dark Knight has a lot of flaws. And I think without Heath Ledger, it's a very uh, mediocre film. Not not very, but, you know, that first scene is one of the best ever. But there are superhero movie, hero movies very occasionally that I have felt that What are your
0: faves? With. What are the f- Isaac Simpson favorite superhero Of movies? superhero
1: movies? Yeah. I mean, see, some of them are nostalgic, right? So, like, Dark Knight stands on its own as, as great. I love the first Super uh, Spider-Man films, the Sam Raimi ones.
0: Okay.
1: But that's probably because I saw them at exactly the right time. I actually saw them when I was at camp. I saw the first one oh. yeah, when I was working oh. at camp. I don't like those movies. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. I'm sure if I watched them now, I'd be like, okay, they, whatever. I right? don't like Spider-Man see i, I love spider my, uh, spider-man is like one of my favorite I don't like i don't like spider-man like, i like spider-man um other than that no i don't think i've seen i don't think i've seen one of those films that i would ever watch again or really cared about in any kind of way none of the new ones not a single one you know they all put me in that same kind of angry mood you know and everybody's like no no this one's really good and i'll always be like okay i'll see it and then i just feel like no
0: i i think you should not listen to people that say that
1: yeah they'll be like no this one really you know that's what deadpool they're like no really this time and i'm like i don't think so you know yeah i understand where you're coming from
0: yeah, and we have a whole episode about superheroes.
1: The fuck, which we, which you keep doing. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll put that that you one. You keep doing that.
0: Did you guys notice at the end that Isaac blamed me for the superhero discussion, but? It was actually him that initiated it by saying people like you that like superhero movies. Oh, I, Isaac, that was you. I, I didn't notice that until I re-listened while I was editing the podcast. <laughs> that was 100 pr- Isaac caused this problem, not me. You mentioned superheroes around me. I can talk for ages. Uh, and I don't even love them that much. I just, I like movies. And that's kind of the, the current uh, movie craze going on right now. Do I pine for the 90s a little bit, where all you needed was a premise? Is a plane full of convicts, or guys are trading faces. Those were the things that were released in the 90s. Now, if it hasn't existed in a previous form, they're not making a movie out of it. And that is sad for everybody. So that was Not A Huge Fan. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Make sure you rate us on iTunes, subscribe there, or on Stitcher, where you can also rate us and write reviews. As I mentioned at the top, you can find Isaac on isaacsimpson.co. Buy his book, Philosophy and Fucking in Vietnam. It's very good. And I don't say that because he's my co-host. I say it because I read it, and I found it to be an excellent book. Check me out, Funzeroni, all social media. And that is pretty much everything I have to say. Thank you, guys, as always, so much for listening. Please uh, keep checking us out. Keep sending me uh, positive emails or negative ones. And... We will talk to you again very shortly. Thanks much. Bye-bye.
1: Shut up and sit down.